Thank you for listening to Tahlequah First United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We are a church with open hearts, open minds, and open doors who are making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And we do that by offering our sermons for you online. And so we hope you enjoy listening to today's sermon. As we bring our sermon series fail to a close, I kind of want to bring it back and kind of remind ourselves where we've been in this last few weeks. You know, the first week we learned um, how to respond to life's adversities, uh, no matter what, to be afraid, no matter what those things are going on in our lives, that, that God will rescue us and to not to be afraid and to embrace failure and to understand that it's a part of life. Nobody goes through life without failing. The second thing that we were reminded of in the second week is that sometimes we need to be taken back to a lump of clay and be remade and renewed. Mistakes become of being a part of walking in a relationship with God that, you know, we're not going to do it perfectly. And, and, and when we say yes to Jesus and, and we're making that move, that sometimes we're going to stumble along the way and we need to be renewed. Do-overs are a part of life. The third thing that we were reminded of is that sometimes we find ourselves in a pit. And when moments like this may seem awful, that really it's not the end. That the worst thing isn't the last thing. And that if we center ourselves upon God, we can find ourselves out of those pits and grow closer to Him. Today we're going to talk about God's plan for our lives. Let us pray. Holy God, I pray that with the reading of the scripture, may your word be heard. With the reading of scripture, may it penetrate our hearts in such a way that our lives are shaped and transformed to grow closer to you. Lord, bless us and keep us in this time and this place. For it's in your name we worship, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Scripture reading for today comes from Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 13. Listen to these words. The Lord of heavenly forces, the God of Israel, proclaims to all exiles, I have carried off from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Cultivate gardens and eat what they produce. Get married and have children. Then help your sons find wives and daughters, find husbands, in order that they too may have children. Increase in number there, so that you don't dwindle away. Promote the welfare of the city, where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because your future depends on its welfare. The Lord of heavenly forces, the God of Israel, proclaims, Do not let prophets or diviners in the midst mislead you. Don't pay attention to your dreams. They are prophesying lies to you. In my name, I didn't send them, declares the Lord. The Lord proclaims, when Babylon's 70 years are up, I will come and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. I know the plans I have in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster, to give you a future filled with hope. When you call me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. When you search for me, Yes, search for me with all your heart, you will find me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. 
So in this story today that I read for you, we find ourselves with Jeremiah and, and the Israelites stuck in exile. And he doesn't like give dire advice, you know, like just, just give up. You know, we've lost. We're in exile now. I mean, he could have easily have done that. Have you ever been around those people that like when things aren't going well, they're the first to be a Debbie Downer? Like not even like seeing the glass half full, seeing that like, well, things aren't going well. You know, we stubbed our toe today. It's the worst day ever because I stubbed my toe. Have you been around those people? Those people annoy me. You know why they annoy me? Because even though you have a stubbed toe, it doesn't mean your day is over. It doesn't mean that the world is going to end. And if it does, so be it. I have faith in Jesus Christ. What more do I need? That my worst thing isn't my last thing. I can't stand being around those people. You know, those kind of people find themselves during football games. You know, their team throws an interception in the very first play of the very first quarter in the very first three seconds of the game. Oh, the game's over. That's it. It's all said and done. But didn't anybody watch the Super Bowl last year? The Patriots came back from a huge deficit. They could have just packed it in. They could have watched the halftime show, said that was great, and then played the last two quarters and said, hey, we've made our millions. We're going home. But the game wasn't over yet. And they didn't give up. And they turned it around, and Atlanta folded. Atlanta had given up. They thought they had them beat, and instead of staying on their game, they, they didn't keep New England down. And what happened? One of the greatest comebacks in Super Bowl history happened. And I only saw the last quarter of it. <laughs> but Jeremiah could have been that way. He could have just said, it's done. I'm done. I've given you all the advice I can. I'm, I'm through. But we find early on in the scripture that I read for you today that, that Jeremiah encourages the people in exile to enjoy the brighter things of life. To, that while in exile, to, to be excited, to, to have kids, to, to make the place as best as you can despite the circumstances. No, it's not home anymore, but this is your new home. This is the place that, that God has brought you out of exile, because let me tell you, the worst thing could have been even worse. You survived. Matt Miosky in his book this week, he says, Don't allow your circumstances to stop you from investing in life. I know this is more easy to say than done. Sometimes it takes help. Counselors, friendships, daily disciplines as an extraordinary level of courage. But Jeremiah urges us, even in exile, to keep living and resisting the temptation to stop. Because God is not done yet. How often do we give up when things seem dire? God invites us in and invites us onward and forward. That the, first, the worst thing is not the last thing. That there are more things to come. But notice that in the scripture this week that, that Jeremiah orients us. He prays. He encourages us to pray for the people that we're with. In 29.7, he says, pray. Pray for the welfare of the city. Pray for everything. Do you pray? 
Remember a couple of months ago, I, I challenged you to set your reminder to, to pray at noon the Lord's Prayer. How's that going for you? You're probably thinking, oh no, I forgot to reset it at the beginning of the year. You're probably thinking, man, I kind of wish I would have done that. Or that one week that I did it, man, it was a great week, let me tell you. But what if you kept it going? What if at noon you, you, you continued that practice and, and prayed it? Don't just pray it like we do on Sunday morning, monotone and with no enthusiasm. Pray it like you mean it. Because those words are inspiring words. Those words are centering words. Not my will be done, but God's will be done. How often do we want our plans to be our plans and not the plans that God has for us? Because what if we opened ourselves up to those plans that God had for us? They'd be different. I'd almost guarantee you they would not be your plans. Because our plans are different. And a lot of it is because we don't have God-centered in mind. We need to plan. I'm a planner. For as laid back as I am, I'm already probably planned uh, 300 different scenarios, and I'm all ready for all those scenarios because that's the way that I plan. I don't like being last minute. And usually by the time of the event, whether it be a mission trip or some other thing, I have looked at many different angles that I can, just so that way I'll be prepared for whatever comes our way. But you know what? Even when I do this, God still throws a wrench in the plan. And so on my uh, itinerary for the mission trips, or any trip that I say, I write, blessed are the flexible for they bend, that this itinerary will change. Because you know what? Even the best laid plans, something changes within them. And how we respond to those plans is what defines us, can make or break an event, or even can make or break a church. Church, I know we have plans. I know we have plans for a future with hope, but plans to, to make this be a place where people can feel loved and cared for, plans for, for things to be finished and missions and love to be carried out. But if we don't orient those plans in prayer, prayer to God for God's will to be done, they won't be God's plans, they'll be ours. Miyoski wrote, he said, prayer orients us towards God at times when we might be tempted to pull away. So I want to encourage you this week to, to maybe take up that discipline again and pray the Lord's Prayer and be willing to, to open yourself up for that and be open to what the prayer may be speaking to you because you may realize that it's not your will being done. It's God's will. And things you never accomplished before will happen. And, and those plans that God calls for you to prosper will happen. But maybe not in the way that you had planned. So what are your plans for today? Probably most of you will go to lunch. You'll probably take a nap. And then you'll go, to super, you'll go watch a Super Bowl. And then you'll go back to bed. Or perhaps it's lunch, nap, and puppy bowl. Because that's what we would watch if I were going to be home today. Because let me tell you, if you haven't watched the Puppy Bowl, you're missing out. I think it's better than the Super Bowl. We all have plans. Plans for today, plans for tomorrow. Other plans. If plan B doesn't work, we've got plan Z. David Burham, 
He was an American architect who developed the master plans for a number of cities, including Chicago, downtown Washington, D.C., and designed several famous buildings in New York City and other places. During his career, Burnham said, Make no little plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood and probably themselves will not be realized. Make big plans. Aim high in hope and work, remembering that a noble, logical diagram once recorded will never die, but long after we are gone will be, living, be a living thing, asserting itself in ever-growing insistencies. Remember that our children and grandchildren are going to do things that would stagger us. But plan. We should plan big, church. We shouldn't just worry about tomorrow. We should be planning for the future. We should live into those plans that God calls us. And as we dive into that scripture today, Jeremiah 29, 11, probably one of the most preached verses at baccalaureate services ever, we forget the other two verses. Verses 12 and 13. When you call me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. When you search me, yes, search me with all your heart, you will find me. All God wants from us is to be faithful to God. And to open ourselves up to him, to, to allow ourselves to come and, and be a part of God's plan requires us to set ourselves aside and to put God in the very center. And when we do that, you'll prosper Maybe not in the way that you had imagined, but in the way that God had intended. But it starts with prayer. It starts with us opening ourselves up. It starts with us being willing to be faithful to God. And it really starts with prayer. This week, I want to challenge you to pray. Pray like you've never prayed before. Pray for those that are hurting. Pray for those that are lost. Pray for your friends who are searching. Pray for those who are struggling financially. Pray for those you know who to pray for. And as we bring these, this series to a close, there are three things I hope you learn from this series. First, that failure is a part of life. We have to learn from it and grow from it. Second, have faith, hope, and love. And third, the worst thing is never the last thing. And God will take care of you. I stumbled across a prayer this week that we're going to pray together. It's a prayer from one of my favorite monks, Thomas Merton. And I want you to pray this prayer with me to close our sermon series today. Let's pray together. 